everybody. Here we go! Off to Neverland! Welcome to Detour to Neverland! Just a little bit of pixie dust. Where we interview Disneyers to discover unique ways to express your love for Disney. Think of the happiest thing. Now here's your host, Brendan Wright. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. With us today is someone who is such a beloved member of the Disney community, and that is Doug, who you probably know as Doug Does Disney from Instagram, and you also can find him on their YouTube channel, which is We Do Disney. So Doug, thank you so much for joining us today, giving us your time. If you can go ahead and introduce yourself, and if there's somebody out there who's not familiar with you guys, if you can just give a little glimpse as to what you guys are all about. So my name's Doug. I have an Instagram page, Doug Does Disney. I'm also one of the four people that works on a YouTube channel called We Do Disney. I've been a Disney local for just over two years, and I kind of fell into social media instead of taking it on as a personal project and something I intentionally wanted to do, and I feel like it kind of found me more than I found it. Good deal. So, obviously, now your pages are centered around Disney, uh, with Doug Does Disney, and we, we do Disney, and you're located at Disney. So kind of take us back, where did your love for Disney begin, and how did that evolve over time? You know, that's something that started for me when I was really young. I grew up watching Disney movies, and I, my earliest memory of Walt Disney World is probably when I was six or seven. I remember because my younger sister, who's four years younger than me, she was, I mean, walking, talking, but not not any older than three. And we stayed at the Polynesian, and those family vacations from when I was young are probably my greatest memories of my childhood. I mean, that smell when you walk into the Polynesian is one of the most nostalgic things for me. Um, my family, we were lucky enough to be able to go almost every year when I was maybe in elementary school, a little bit less when I was in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. And I went on this big hiatus in high school that I didn't get to visit often, but that's where it all started. You know, it started like a lot of people with maybe Disney movies. We had them on VHS tape, then a Disney TV shows, and then a couple visits to Walt Disney World. And I, I think I was hooked, like it was a part of me. Yeah, so you mentioned that you went through that hiatus. Kind of how did you then transitioning into adulthood, um, you know, fall back in love with the parks and then ultimately fall back in love with the parks with Emmy? Was that something where one of you was leading the way and, and you both fell in love with it together? Or how did that take place? You know, it's it kind of happened separately. For me, I hadn't been to Disney World. I, I want to say I didn't go through high school. I maybe had one family trip that I got to be a part of um, when I was in my undergraduate college age, but it wasn't until I went back to school and my school was based out of Miami that I decided, you know what, I should, I should make my way back up there. I should get back to Disney. And I did a couple of weekend trips. I decided to be a pass holder right off the bat because I lived a couple hours away. I could make it work. 
I did a couple of weekend visits. I reconnected with some friends who were actually living near Disney. And I just had this feeling like, you know, I don't know if it's possible, but I, I gotta try and move here. And it wasn't until um, I was almost done with my master's degree that did me and Emmy actually have a trip together. Meanwhile, Emmy and her sister had a big sister trip, maybe two or three years before that, and that kind of sparked it again for her. So we were doing things very separately, but we were both kind of converging on that path and coming back to Disney as being a big part of our lives. That's so interesting that kind of you were on those two separate paths, but they led you back together and, and led back to this common bond that now you share so deeply. Um, so something that I know, and it's been documented on your page a little bit, is that you guys ultimately did move to work, to the Orlando area and be near the parks. So kind of what sparked moving to the parks and what has that meant to you now being a local? <laughs> All right, so this is a fun story for me. So on that trip, that trip that we made together, this was in um, August, September of 2015. We, I was coming in from Miami. I had just finished, I, I work in the medical field, so I just finished a rotation down in Miami. She ended up having a break from work, and both of these times lined up around this week that we could meet up at Disney and be able to spend an entire week there together. Now, we got there, ended up crashing. We were staying at Pop Century, and the very next morning I woke up, and I just didn't feel right. You know, if, if when you get like a muscle cramp, everything just feels tight. I had that kind of tightness in my chest, and I didn't quite know what to make of it. I worked in medicine, but you know, you always believe like it can never happen to you. So I brushed it off, felt tight, went down to food court, ended up getting some coffee, figured, you know, the, the caffeine would loosen me up, I'd feel better didn't really help. I was like, oh, I'll take a hot shower. Maybe it's just some muscles need a little heat. Heat's good for loosening things up and didn't really help. Two hours later, I couldn't get more than three words out in between breaths. And I had my stethoscope with me, gave a quick listen to my lungs, and my entire right lung was not present. So at that point, I knew I had to go to an emergency room. I had a complete collapse of my right lung that was starting to put pressure on my heart and my left lung. And luckily, as soon as I got to the emergency room, they were so helpful. I was at Florida Hospital Celebration. I had a chest tube within five minutes and I spent our entire planned Disney vacation in the hospital. I had surgery while I was in the hospital. They had to take out a chunk of my lung and staple essentially the entire top of my lung shut. And then I spent another week or two in the area recovering. And oddly enough, it was while, and I, you know, you kind of have inklings that it would be cool to move to Disney at some point. But during that time, Emily and I talked about maybe we should, like, life is short. This thing almost took me out. Like, if I if I hadn't gone to the hospital, I would have passed out. Something would have saved me, I'm sure. But it's one of those, I could have died if I was further away from help. And that was terrifying for me. I was like, you know, life's short. Let's try and move to Disney. 
and we talked about it a little bit. Of course, I was milking it because I was in a hospital bed. And I was like, you know, this would be great. Like, you know, kind of short of breath. And then when we were kind of recovering, the people at Disney were so kind and so helpful and just over the top that that was the time that me and Emily together really felt the magic of Disney. I mean, as soon as we were back in the hotels, people gave us extra fast passes, and I had to be in a wheelchair because I really couldn't walk more than a few hundred feet without getting really short of breath. And it was this big ordeal, and they just made it so simple. And that was a moment that we decided together that moving to Disney and moving and becoming a Walt Disney World local was going to be part of our story. And that's where that all started. I know, long story short, but that the near-death experience at Disney somehow made us think it was a great idea to move there. That's an incredible story, and thank you so much for sharing that. I, what's just so fascinating to me is that I feel like there's a lot of people that that experience would happen to them, and they'd be like, I'm never coming back to this place, you know, and not wanting to relive that traumatic moment. But, yep. but ultimately, it, it you guys decided to jump right back into it and decide, like you said, that life is short, so you might as well, you know, enjoy it the way that you want to. Now, I will say, it took me a little while to revisit Pop Century, because there were some bad vibes there, but I still, we go back there every once in a while now, and it's not a big deal, but yeah, oddly enough, we, we thought it was a great idea to move to the place that almost killed me. So, further down the road, and you and then you became locals, um, and you mentioned that you just kind of stumbled upon social media. So, what do you mean by that, and kind of what sparked you throwing some pictures up there of the parks and, and really diving into the community. You know, I we moved here. We, we had two friends who were still living in the area. We moved to the Disney area sometime in March of 2016. Um, then our friends, we moved in with the friends that we knew. They were looking for a short-term place to stay because they planned on moving back up to New Hampshire. Their names are Amanda and Brandon. And we decided to all move in together. They showed us the ropes and really got us going, gave us all the, you know, the back roads to get to the parks. And it was it was wonderful having a guide. Um, and... I, you know, you're at the parks and I wanted to share the experience of living near Disney. So I started to take a couple pictures with my cell phone. And, you know, I did some, if you search back two, three years into my Instagram feed, there are some horrendous photos that are just so overdone. But I would try and edit them on my phone, use a couple apps and post them. And, you know, it started to get fun and they started to get a little bit of attention. And I started meeting people who were also local in the Walt Disney World area that also were taking pictures and doing this social media thing. And that's when it kind of hit me that I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Like, there's a there's a community around this that I didn't really expect to get pulled into. So it was almost the social aspect of it, of meeting new friends, that made me want to do it more. Now, that being said, I've always loved taking pictures. Um, I had a DSLR, like a big camera that I used in the past, but I had sold it while I was in school because I just didn't have enough time for it. After meeting a couple people and kind of amping up the social aspect of it, I decided to get a camera again and start taking it, not more seriously, but a little bit more passionately. 
So I don't know if you know this, but actually on episode two, you actually already got a shout out on this podcast uh, by Alex Coleman, who runs The Intentional Mouse, because I asked him how he developed his inspiration for his photography skills. And he mentioned that you were one of the people that he fed off of and tried to mimic some of the the skills and, and the your style of photography. So were there kind of what was your approach to that to hone in, develop your own style and really, you know, ultimately improve your your photography game? Um, I I have always been a pretty self driven person. I don't go halfway on anything. It's something that if I start and this is something Emmy can confirm, if I start a project I'm not satisfied until I'm at a certain level where I've put in enough time that I feel that my photos are, you know, they're they're to a level of excellence that I can achieve. I'm not saying I'm the best photographer in the world. I am not even close. But when I get an image that I produce that I'm happy with and I wouldn't be upset if I printed it and put it on my wall, that's when I feel like I've kind of made it. Um, there are also tons of different people who, out there who take fantastic photos. One person I met very early on um, is a guy named Lewis. He's Disney Nuts on Instagram. He is one of the nicest, most helpful, positive people. He also helps run the Facebook group Disney Colors, which is a Disney-based photo Facebook group where we all share different tips, tricks, and information, and we share our photos there. We also had uh, monthly meetups. So I would go to these meetups and I would meet these inspirational photographers who I looked up to and I was like, wow, you guys are amazing. You have these crazy pictures, wonderful followings, and you've made this something for yourself. And I kind of looked towards them of what can be achieved within this little niche of Disney photography. Good deal. So you've you've jumped into Instagram and you've been on there for a couple of years now. And then I know at the beginning of this year, you and Amy decided that you were going to start um, your YouTube channel, We Do Disney. So kind of what sparked wanting to jump into this brand new platform and create content over there? You know, I, I didn't feel like I was busy enough and I slept, you know, at least five hours a night. So I had to stop that. But in, in reality, video is... With my photos, something that I like to try and do often is make you feel like you're there or tell a story or really immerse you in Disney for the people who don't get to visit that often. That's what drives me to take pictures. And I, I, we played with the idea, but what would be more immersive and more fun than learning how to put together videos? Because videos are that ultimate you can... You can hear it, you can see it, it's dynamic, it's always changing, and that's a real way to be able to bring both information and that sense of being home at Walt Disney World to the people who can't be here as often. So that was kind of the inspiration. Emmy and I wanted to work on something collaboratively where we would be able to share the creative art whenever we could. I mean, we both have relatively busy lives, but we try and share that together and go on adventures. And we figured the worst case scenario is we would have 
this sort of video diary of the time that we spent here at Walt Disney World and be able to one day, what down the line, when we get married, have kids, we'd be able to share that with them and be like, hey, look back when your parents were really cool and lived at Disney World. That would be the worst case scenario. And and that's a pretty awesome thing to have anyways. So something that uh, you, you documented pretty well on your YouTube page um, and also on Instagram, you mentioned it. Uh, was you went through this 10,000 hours challenge. So uh, you can probably say it better than me, but I guess synopsis is uh, the general consensus is it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert at something. So why did you want to do that? And kind of what was your approach to doing that 30-day YouTube challenge? That's an awesome question. I think for me it was this, one of the hardest things to do do when, when you have a new idea, when you have a new project, is to just start doing it. And that was my block. Like, we were making a video here, maybe one, maybe two a week, and I didn't have a lot of experience in video. Honestly, the first time I switched my camera to video mode was maybe November of the this past year. I, I don't have a lot of experience, and I'll tell you, the first time I opened my editing software, I just cl I closed it because it was too much. I didn't know what anything was, and I was so overwhelmed, I just couldn't handle it. So to make myself do it more often, to push myself to just get hours in and put in the time to be able to make these videos, I decided to do this 10,000 hours project. Now... Obviously, I didn't expect to hit 10,000 hours. I mean, anytime soon. 10,000 hours is working a full-time job 40 hours a week for five years every single week. And that's a huge project. But just to start to chip away at it, filming for the first two, two and a half weeks, I filmed every single day. After I went to my day job, I went, filmed, then I went home, I edited the video, usually until 1 in the morning. I would prep it to be able to post the next day. I would then wake up at 5, and I would get, prep it to be posted, schedule it, and then I would go to my day job. And I, I was it was 4 hours of sleep a night just to be able to try and do this thing. Now, luckily, I have great communication with Emmy, and we talked about how it, it was affecting me and my work and our relationship, and it didn't allow us to really further the, the time that we were spending together and why we started the channel in the first place. So we cut back from daily to doing it a couple times a week, and now we found this groove of, you know, two to three videos a week and being able to share those with everybody. But making them a little bit higher quality and adding some pizzazz that we like to add. And so to our listeners who are maybe more familiar with your Instagram page and haven't made that jump over to YouTube, what are the types of projects and what are the types of content uh, that you and Emmy are going to focus on pushing out on that YouTube channel? You know, we we have <laughs> we have this big whiteboard in the room where we do a lot of our video work. I think our hope is to have a good mix of uh, educational material that also brings you along for the ride. So it's not just us talking because we have the unique opportunity to go to the parks and actually talk about these experiences while we're experiencing them for ourselves. 
in that sense, it's a little bit like a vlog. We want to add a little bit more information so that it makes it easier for people to be able to plan those activities in their vacations. And we create content that is strictly for entertainment. Um, one of our recent videos is called Race You to the Castle. And it, there is no educational factor with it whatsoever. It's just fun. And it's this massive 80s music-themed montage of me running from our home in Kissimmee to the Magic Kingdom. The ending is a little bit of a surprise, but it may involve a sling ring, a portal, and a teleportation. But there's nothing educational about that whatsoever. It's just fun. But it's still based around Disney and has a Disney theme. And I think that's kind of what we're hoping to get out there. So I actually watched Race You to the Castle this morning. Um, and it was a, it's definitely <laughs> a, a great video that everybody needs to check out. If, if you would have told yourself you know, five or six months ago that you would have the editing skills to be able to add a shape-shifting uh, Doctor Strange style teleportation portal. What, what would you, would you be surprised by that? I, I might not be surprised, but I probably would have told myself to slow down just a little <laughs> bit. Cause those things like, like where I was saying earlier, I get really obsessive. I went from opening After Effects to creating that portal. I mean, it was probably seven to eight hours a day of just sitting there and working on it and trying to figure out how to make it work. Um, so I probably would tell, so, slow down just a little bit, pace it over a week. Um, but no, I, I love those projects. That's That's what makes it fun for me is being able to try and surprise people with something that I couldn't do last week and integrate that into what we like to produce and put out there for everyone to see. That's great. Well, Doug, we've covered some great topics so far. Um, and I think, I know we could talk for many more hours about Disney. It's so easy to talk about Disney, but the next thing we want to jump into is our lightning round. And from there, we'll just throw out some quick Disney topics. And if you can just kind of share the first couple things that come to your mind, people can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. Hey everyone, before we jump into the lightning round with Doug, I wanted to quickly go over our trivia giveaway question of the week. If you're not familiar with our trivia giveaway, the way that it works is for the entire month of October, beginning in last episode, number 17, I will be asking one question in each episode. The correct entry that you can submit to me either at detourtoneverland.com or on my Instagram at detour. To Neverland underscore podcast in my highlighted stories. Each correct answer is an entry to win an Ezra and Doom Buggy limited edition Disney Parks ride Funko Pop. So the question for this week is at the 2018 International Food and Wine Festival at Epcot, there's a family play zone. What upcoming Disney movie is sponsoring that family play zone? If you know that answer, great. Go ahead and go submit it to us and count it as an entry to our giveaway at the end of the month. If you don't know that answer, I'll tell you exactly where you can find it. You can go to We Do Disney's recent YouTube video called What's New at Food and Wine 2018. Watch that video and they'll tell you the answer in there. So, without further ado, let's get back to the action and hear Doug's lightning round. Alright, so the first one's an easy one. Just name the Disney parks that you visited. So I have been to, um, obviously at Walt Disney World, I've been to the four theme parks, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, and Disney's Hollywood Studios. That does also include um, Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon, and the late 
Disney Quest. And way back in the day, I still have memories of River Country. Wow. Which is, yeah, oh gosh, there was a zip line, flew right into the water. Um, as of last year, we traveled out to California and we went to Disneyland and Disney's California Adventure. And we've also been to Disneyland Paris as well as Walt Disney Studios, which is part of Disneyland Paris. Good deal. And which one is your favorite and why? Disneyland, for me, has to be the ultimate Disney pilgrimage. It's different to walk through a place where you know Walt walked. You get this sense of history, the park is smaller, it's homey, it has a very different feel than the international destination of Walt Disney World. And I think that's what makes it special to me. It feels more like a local park that has this just homey feel to it that isn't able to be reproduced elsewhere. Good deal. That my uh, my mouth is watering right now. We are actually going to Disneyland for the first time in a couple of weeks. So I, oh, just, the way you you're... described it is just like exactly what I'm looking for. And a pilgrimage, I think, is the exact right word to describe <laughs> it. If you have a chance, look up some of those old pictures of Walt where he's walking out the back of Sleeping Beauty Castle at Disneyland, and just go to those spots. It's it's real special to know that these are the exact places where he may have stepped. It's it's so crazy. So you're going to have a blast. It's such a great trip. Good deal. So next one would be a Disney bucket list trip. Really high on the list is going out to uh, do like a tour of Asia and doing Hong Kong, Shanghai, and Tokyo. It would take a month We'd be exhausted. I don't even know if it's a great idea. If I was to put one at the top, I would love to see Tokyo Disney Sea because the photos that I've seen of it just look totally out of this world and over the top in regards to the theming. Um, so that's that's very high up there. Uh, and then and if I'm torn. Oh, I didn't. Mean, I have been on a Disney cruise as well. I sailed on the Fantasy this year. Um, but the other one would be doing a Disney cruise through Alaska and going through some of the cool excursions they have there. Perfect. Next would be your favorite Disney resort. Is it Pop Century? No. No. As, as much as I have love for all Disney resorts, Pop Century has not made that list. Um, I think my favorite Disney resort at Walt Disney World, because I'll, I'll just be specific here, is the Wilderness Lodge. I'm originally from the Northeast. I know Wilderness Lodge is more themed after the the West, the Pacific West, but it still has that log cabin feel. I grew up in New Hampshire. I miss the mountains, and seeing the, the types of trees they have there really kind of brings me back home while I'm still here at my other home. Perfect. Next would be your favorite ride or attraction. Hmm favorite ride or attraction i think big thunder mountain railroad across all disney parks is always my favorite it's a it's a relatively fast roller coaster lots of twists and turns and each park does it a little bit different 
I will say for your upcoming trip, the Disneyland Big Thunder is definitely better than the Walt Disney World. I don't know if I'm going to get hate for this, but it's definitely better than the Walt Disney World Big Thunder Mountain, so definitely check it out. Anytime you go to another park, do the repeat rides because they're always very different. I feel like within the Disney community, there's a lot of discussion about that, of comparing, you know, Haunted Mansions or Pirates in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Or, and it seems mm-hmm. like Big Thunder Mountain gets lost in that shuffle a little bit where people don't talk about the different nuances <sighs> and the different parts of this. Yeah, that's it. definitely my favorite ride. And definitely, as much as it's not completely different, it's still different enough that you'll notice it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I, I hope is appreciated when you get there. Next would be your favorite snack or a go-to snack. Go-to snack would have to be some kind of iced coffee on Main Street. It could be Joffrey's. It could be Starbucks. But if I have a coffee while I'm hanging out on Main Street USA, that's probably my favorite sense of being while I'm at Walt Disney World. Perfect. Next would be your favorite Disney restaurant. Right now, it's Tiffin's at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, This is more of a a higher-end restaurant. They have a constantly changing menu, and the service that I've experienced there has just been so top-notch that I have completely fallen in love. The first time we were there, we had a great experience. They brought out a little thank you for coming gift and gave us little chocolates on our way out. And then when we returned, maybe a month later, um, they had a welcome back young family note on our table as they brought us there and the same level of experience over and over again. So that's definitely one to check out. And they also have a little bar out back that has some great appetizers and drinks called the Nomad Lounge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a previous guest gave us the tip that the Nomad Lounge has a similar bread surface to Sanaa at Animal Kingdom mm-hmm. Lodge, and, and that's an underrated, or I guess kind of a hidden place that you can get something like that. Oh, absolutely, and it's it's really good. They have all sorts of crazy sauces, and they're changing those up pretty frequently as well. Good deal. So next would be your favorite Disney movie. Favorite Disney movie would be Lilo and Stitch. I connect with Stitch on a level of, you know, Stitch is just, like he says in the end, he's lost. He's trying to figure himself out, and he finally finds that place where he feels like he belongs in a very cheesy way. I feel like that's been our experience moving to Walt Disney World. It's been, you know, I've always had this thing about me that's a little bit different. I love Disney, and a lot of people think adults can't like Disney. Why are you going to a vacation when you're an adult and you don't have kids? And now that we've moved here, we've kind of found ourselves. But it may have taken the creative building and then destroying of San Francisco in the process to be able to get us to this point. <laughs> I also have my entire right arm is the that scene of Stitch uh, destroying the city of San Francisco that he built with the hula lamp in the background. I have that tattooed across my entire upper arm. So that's that's my movie. Perfect. That's a, yeah, that's a great uh, kind of emotional connection that you feel with the movie that I feel like um, that probably a lot of people can relate to. Yeah, he's, he's the man. (laughs) So next would be your favorite Disney song. Oh, 
That would be probably if I was to just pick one. Gosh, that's really hard. Uh, maybe, oh gosh, this is torture. What's this from Nightmare Before Christmas? I, that song just gets me pumped up to like jump around and go do something. And I don't know why, because it's not a super cheery song. It's not a pump up song, but I really love that song. Um, and it also pops up often during my favorite time of year at Walt Disney World, which is when the holiday season comes around November 1st and 2nd, and the entire kingdom has the dream lights and all the holiday decorations are up. So I think I have that kind of connection with it as well. So we can we can make this kind of into a BuzzFeed article and talk about a trendy topic. You sort of mentioned it. So is Nightmare Before Christmas a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? Oh, gosh. It's... So I would, I always traditionally watched it at Halloween, but I don't know if that's just the default because Halloween comes first and Christmas comes second, or if it's that's where it truly belongs. But I would, I would say it's a Halloween movie. Pro maybe. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like struggling with this internally as I say it. Yeah. I, I don't know if I have an answer either. So I think uh, there, maybe there is no right answer. So next would be your favorite Disney quote, either from Walt himself or from any of the movies. The way to get started is to quick, quit talking and begin doing. That is a, is a Walt quote, and it's something that I've tried to live by because that's, that's the same thing, same thing that goes back to the video, same thing that goes back to starting my Instagram channel. When I was first kind of thinking of, should I make this a thing for myself, something that I'd like? I can talk about it forever, but eventually I just need to stop talking and I just need to do it and see what happens. If you love it, great, continue. If it's not for you, you'll find out quick. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And last one is your favorite Disney memory. Favorite Disney memory. Hmm. Honestly, this is going to be the silliest of memories, but this is when I was really sick. I had just gotten out of the hospital. We, me and Emmy, really wanted to go to Boma on this trip that we were taking, and because of my hospital stay, obviously that got delayed significantly. My favorite memory was we made a reservation at Boma for something like 9 30, 10 o'clock. We didn't have our own vehicle, so we were kind of depending on Walt Disney transportation. This is before minivans existed. And we were trying to get from our hotel at Art of Animation over to the Animal Kingdom Lodge so that we could have this breakfast reservation. We started our journey maybe an hour ahead of time and were so unreasonably late that by the time that we got there, the restaurant would have been totally closed for breakfast. It was it was like 11.30. And I don't know whether it was because I was in a wheelchair and it made it difficult or the system of transportation meant we had to essentially go to a park or the TTC and then hop another bus to be able to get to the lodge and we didn't plan accordingly. Something made it take forever. But when we got there, we 
I, of course, Emmy's wheeling me up in my wheelchair. And she just, like, talks to the lady at the front. She's like, hi. I don't even know if this is possible, but we're really late for this reservation. Obviously, we don't expect to be seated. But if you're still serving people, is there any way we could be seated just for a little bit so we could grab some food? And the host was just like, yeah, of course. Like, nothing. The restaurant was closed. And we were an hour and a half late to our reservation. And they were still like, yeah, no, no worries. And they kept all the food going. It's a buffet. They kept all the food going in the buffet. They kept everything running. Everything was flawless. And at the end, not only did they let us have that whole experience, but they brought us little special Oreos that were dipped in chocolate, red chocolate, and they looked like Mickey's pants. And I don't know if it was all the drugs I was on or if I was just exhausted for being so sick, but I just started bawling in the middle of Boma because I couldn't even fathom how kind these people were being to two people who just showed up an hour and a half late after the restaurant closed and just totally took care of us. It was by far my one of my greatest Disney moments that I will ever have. I don't know if anything will ever top it, but that's that's my Disney moment right there. Wow, that's amazing. So thank you so much for sharing that. And that's that's exactly I think why so much so many of us have this love for Disney is that they in the parks they can do those things that go above and beyond and, and make you have this special connection that you can't replicate anywhere else. Yeah, there's I've I, we've never had an experience that could ever amount to something like that and ever i mean even before then but that was one of those moments during that trip that just solidified we we had to move here perfect so last question is something that we ask all of our guests um and so it's you if you had to give a piece of parting guidance to someone who they have this love for disney but they're not sure of the quite certain the, the the perfect way for them to express it whether it be an etsy shop an instagram channel a youtube channel anything like that, what would be your advice to that person? My advice would be to find things that you love doing anyway and then apply it to your love of Disney. For me, I had always loved taking pictures and I love sharing information with people and I love telling stories. So... When I decided to start Instagram, I took that thing that I loved already and I put it to the test at Walt Disney World. I won't say that it has always been perfect. There are times when you don't want to go out and shoot, but you do it anyways. I would weigh after a month. And and here's the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is you try something and you don't like it. All you've done is put in time and you can do that again try. Just try something new. And heck, if I didn't like Instagram back when I started, I wouldn't have continued doing it, even if I thought I was doing decent at it. So my my suggestion is find something you love doing anyways, and then just combine it with that love for Disney to be able to create something that you can do every day that can bring that Disney love that you have to other people. That's perfect. That is amazing advice. I couldn't say it better myself. And I think, um, yeah, there, there's no better way to put it that 
if you take the skills and the interests that you already have and kind of mesh those with Disney, then that's that's when you're out there and you're creating something that nobody else can replicate. It's uniquely you, and you're able to express um, the feelings and the emotions that you want to express. Bingo. That's exactly it. <laughs> you put it much more concisely than I did. Uh, well, I don't know about that. Well, Doug, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Um, is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners before we head out? Um, you know, just whatever that love is that you have, that that infatuation you have with Walt Disney World, don't be afraid to chase it and do something outside your comfort zone. That's how me and Emily moved down here to Florida. That's how we've started our YouTube and Instagram. And that's how we've met some of the most amazing people we could have ever asked to meet. It's all been through Disney. So don't be afraid to chase after it. You'll find your way and you'll be a part of this community that really wants to do something great. Great. Well, everybody, make sure you go follow Doug if you don't already on Instagram at Doug Does Disney. Um, also follow their YouTube channel at We Do Disney. Connect with them. Pick up some of Doug's photography and videography skills along the way. Follow their adventures in the greatest place on earth. So, Doug, thank you so much for joining us, and we will catch up with you again soon. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Visit our website at DetourToNeverland.com to catch up on the blog. Also, don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at DetourToNeverland underscore podcast. Detour to Neverland underscore podcast. Have a great day.